0: Joining us, our good friend Amon Y, from the UConn blog. Amon, how are
1: you, buddy? I'm doing really well. Thank you for having me.
0: Uh, You're in D.C. right now, so you are not near the UConn campus, but you are apparently breaking UConn news from what we have heard. Uh, $60 million of new facilities at UConn. I thought your state was broke. And I thought your school was like going through all of these budget cuts. That's at least all of that I see from my UConn friends on Twitter. And you announced mm-hmm. a sixty million dollar facilities project for baseball, soccer, and what was the other thing?
1: Baseball, soccer, softball.
0: Softball. Um, that is a lot more than USF spent on their baseball slash soccer slash softball facilities. I can promise you.
1: Well, UConn has a bit more money available than than South Florida, and uh, the uh, the. The project was actually already approved previously, uh, back in March and, um, even more broadly was kind of already approved decades ago as part of a multi-phase campus infrastructure improvement project. Um, so it was kind of already scheduled in terms of the money to come out. And so really it was a matter of what it was going to be spent on and, um, in terms of, you know, where that money is coming from, it is bonds issued by the state that are going to be repaid by the school. And so that $60 million is going to be repaid by um, partially by private donations and then uh, the other part by uh, ticket revenue. So there's going to, you know, tickets for games are going to go up a little bit. And uh, we're going to get new soccer, baseball, and softball arenas. And, you know, our soccer and baseball teams are, are really quite good and, and draw pretty big crowds. So uh, this is a good development for the Huskies.
0: Uh, lights at the baseball stadium. I'm excited for you. No more jokes about Yukon. Yukon's light situation for baseball.
1: Yeah. Um, hey, well, speaking of Yukon baseball, uh, it's game seven of the World Series, by the way. And Springer! Event- George Springer has hit another home run. So I think he's got five now in the world series and and he's hit some big ones, including I think game twos uh, game winner. I barely, I, I barely watch baseball. So this is really stretching the, the extent of my major league baseball knowledge, but um, yes, George Springer for world series MVP.
0: So there. <laughs> Just start the campaign now. Actually, get he's got, pretty, got a pretty good case. Okay. So, Let's discuss uh, your football team. First of all, let's let's start here. Let's We always like to start with the positive. Congratulations on being the 2018 uh, national champions in women's basketball because there is absolutely no way you're ever losing a game this year. And if I could bet right now on UConn running out undefeated this year and you can have all the other options because it doesn't matter. They're going to be back to what they once were and they're going to destroy everyone and everything in their path. That's true. Uh, So that is done. Um, Men's basketball looks like Ali's finally gotten things a little bit tighter. He's, you know, got a chance to put a better, you know, a little better class together. Um, They seem like, you know, from the preseason rankings. And from what I can tell other, the, the transitive property of, college basketball at this point it's it's almost hard to keep up especially here at usf we have 10 guys on the team none of us know who they are so but it seems like uconn's definitely going in the right direction in their i would say is their primary sports of men's and women's basketball if you ask the average thing sure. what what is their number one dealio in life mm-hmm. so your football team though just nobody's healthy and you're not good so USF is furious right now about our seven and one record and our ridiculous gut punch loss to Houston last Saturday, <laughs> which is kind of inexcusable. The, the knives are out for the coaching, especially on the offensive side of the ball. It's been just, it's, you know, the rivers of running with blood down here for a team that's seven and one, and still has a chance to play in the peach bowl, but you guys just, it's injuries and, and, you know, it's coming back it hasn't worked out. So talk and where you think you're going.
1: Yeah, so this year's UConn team, um, I think there was maybe some optimism that it wouldn't be a, a complete rebuild kind of season. Um, you know, hope always springs eternal once off seasons roll around, but also... Um, you know, there were some reasons to believe, I think, that UConn might exceed the very, very low expectations of, of national media. I mean, the preseason expectations were finishing last in the conference and, you know, maybe optimistically people would think, uh, you know, maybe they can sneak into bowl contention. You know, that'd be a great that'd be a fantastic first year for Randy Edsel. And there were some reasons to believe uh, new offensive scheme. Maybe they'll use the talent on hand better um, new quarterback. Maybe that'll be a huge, uh, huge boon for the offense as well. And then maybe, you know, the defense stays solid. and We win some games uh, that has not happened. Uh, those things have not happened. The new quarterback, uh, ended up being replaced. So Brian Sheriffs is back, uh, under center. He's been doing pretty well, actually. Um, the offense has actually played pretty well. Again, this is on a, on the relative scale of where UConn's offense was last year, which was abysmal, but, the the offense has progressed nicely. They've had some good performances. You know, they're putting up more, more points on the board than they were before. Uh, I can say whatever you want. And then, um, unfortunately the defense has been a uh, uh, has been really really bad and it's it's such that you know if if UConn's playing any team with with a pretty good defense they're gonna they're gonna lose is what we've learned so far this season so they've been able to beat uh some lesser teams like Temple and Tulsa they you know played a played a close one with with East Carolina but you know right right now this is a a team with an offense that's just kind of it's it's better than before but but still not anything special and then a defense which is you know just struggling really bad especially in the secondary
0: so by the numbers, S P UConn one nineteen overall, fifty-third on offense though. And and that is look, man, nobody's made more Brian Sheriff strokes than I have. And so for him to turn that thing around and, and come in when he wasn't the starter, you know, and lead that team back to, you know, offensive so, Aver- averageness is pretty fantastic, but 127 on defense out of 130 and 99 on special teams. By comparison, USF 17 overall, we don't know how, 38 on offense, which after being fourth last year is just a tragic, uh, but 21 on defense, 64 on special teams. So matchup wise, it seems like UConn's offense might be able to get put up some points on the USF defense, especially in the second half. USF has struggled at times to stop people. So it, I think that's a spot where USF can definitely get our where Yukon can definitely get some points, but you know, even as, as toast and mediocre as, as USF's offense is, it looks like they're going to be able to hang a big number on, on UConn on Saturday. I think that's probably fair to say you agree.
1: Yeah. I mean, I'm, I think, uh, you know, any any UConn fan who really knows what to expect on Saturday is terrified. I mean, you know, Memphis, Memphis put up 70 on this team. Missouri put up 52. Um, you know, there have been some – SMU 49. So there are – you know, um, and there's really very little reason to expect that they'll do – any better stopping USF. Um, you know, I would say, obviously we, you know, UConn was hoping to deliver that gut punch loss to you with maybe some funky weather, um, you know, in a November game in Connecticut and, and win one of those, you know, 16 to nine games, but, uh, you know, there's, there's very little reason to believe that, um, You know that that USF's not going to be able to put up pretty big numbers, uh, just given what we've seen so far.
0: So, what's the what's the buzz about the program like right now? Um, Are people optimistic about the future and bringing Etzel back and what he's going to be able to build there? Is there some some reason for some hope here into the future?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I would say just the um, the hope comes from what has been a really impressive one year turnaround of the offense. Um, you know, I think you want to, if you want to talk S P it would had to have been in the one twenties in offense last year. So, um, moving up to 50 is, is a big improvement. Um, uh, Brian Sharef's will be, it'll be interesting to see who replaces him at quarterback, but, um, you know, Sherefs has been a really efficient and accurate, uh, passer this season. Um, so so will be kind of tough to replace and interesting to see but anyway i think there's there's really a lot of optimism around the offense a lot of young playmakers have emerged um and and so the and then randy Etzel is a defensive-minded head coach and i think in terms of the defense struggling it's it's pretty um simple to place it's on it's on secondary there just hasn't been enough experience in the secondary um the fact that that has been a strength for Randy Edsel in the past, I mean, there are, there are seven or eight that, that number is not right, but there's, there's maybe five or six, uh, NFL defensive backs who, who hail from UConn. So, um, there's, there's a, um, decent track record there of success. And so, if we believe that the offense can continue to improve, or has, you know, has improved, has the right guy to make the improvement happen, um, and then Edsel can do what he has been known to do with the defense, um, there's there's some optimism around that. And then there have been some big recruiting wins even since Edsel has taken over already. Um, so we're getting three-star quarterbacks, um, we're flipping. We he flipped some guys even though he joined pretty late in the cycle uh, last year. Uh, flipped a guy from BC, flipped a guy from UCF. So, um, you know, there, there are also recruiting reasons to believe things will improve a little bit.
0: So um, at this point, you know, one more loss and um, bowl eligibility is going to become a question. Uh, you need to win three of your last four to become bowl eligible. Let's, are you guys good on APR? Um, is there a chance you could get in at five and seven still?
1: Um, yeah, yeah, I, I guess. There- yeah, okay. five and seven it, it could happen okay, um, but yeah go on
0: but one of those games is UCF and you know they're they're better than us and so they're they're probably gonna blow blow well, you guys up pretty good especially with their offense against your defense that could get ugly mm-hmm. um, so is this a game that you kind of feel like this is kind of the must-win game um, of, of what's left this is the one they got to find a way to win
1: yeah I mean if if we're talking about between USF at home, um, or UCF on the road. Yeah, absolutely. But, um, you know, again, I don't, I don't think anyone is, is expecting any magic, uh, Saturday. I would be very, very, you know, again, no one, no one's expecting that at this point. I think, you know, maybe if the Missouri game had turned out a little bit better, um, you know, there was some optimism. The Huskies had won two in a row. Um, maybe had seemed to figure some things out, but, um, you know the Missouri game, and and Missouri's not not a very great team either. Obviously, they just beat the crap out of UConn, but um, they're, you know there are no USF offensively. So, um, gotcha. And then, and then so, BC is the other
0: game. So, I was just going to say that BC game, which is at Fenway Park, and it and like super like what a great spot for you guys. You know, uh. uh, I, uh I, I know you wish your team was a little bit better, but mm-hmm. is that something that's going to be uh, any chance that BC starts to do that long-term? Is that something we want to continue into the future? Because I mean, great venue, you know, Northeast rivalry, that's going to, it looks like it's going to be a lot of fun to watch.
1: Yeah. And I mean, it's, it's been a good, good relationship for BC, I would say too. So, um, Yukon actually farmed out its home game for this. So they're going to UConn's going to be the home team for this game in Boston and um actually the school is earning more revenue from this game than they would from a game at uh their original stadium Wrenchler Field so oh, sure <laughs> um so that'll be good and then to show you know to show up to to show up with a good fan showing in Boston will, will definitely be positive uh the, the this was a two game series with BC um last year was on was, um, at Boston College this year was supposed to be at UConn, but then they did it. They moved it to Fenway. Um, you know, again, which which I think the coolness factor, the the money factor, the the school's financial situation. You have to you have to imagine that that's a that's a pretty good move. So, um, you know, I think, and and we had a good crowd last year in uh, at Boston College. So, I think I think there's definitely a possibility that this. Um, this non-conference series resumes in the near future. So,
0: um, let's talk about your injuries and players that are not going to play on, uh, Saturday, uh, Jamar summers, our kill Newsome. We're going to miss our Newsom's 14th and final season at UConn, which is <laughs> you know, sad for all of us. Um, uh, uh, and I think there are a couple other guys that are hurt as well. So can uh, is, just give us the, the, the brief rundown on, on who's not going to play? Um, mm. And and why they're not going to play?
1: Yep. So Jamar Summers is actually not playing because of um, a team suspension uh, from a uh, from an incident in the previous game. So um, that's he's going to miss the first three quarters, I believe, and then and then playing the fourth. Um, Arkel Newsom broke his sternum uh, against Tulsa. And, uh, so he'll be out and that's a huge blow to the UConn offense. Uh, Newsom was really, really uh, burgeoning as a monster receiving threat out of the backfield. And, uh, you know, he was, he was very much in the mold of a, of a home run hitter. And so for UConn, that's a, that's a huge loss offensively. He's, he's had numerous plays of, of, 30, 20 or 30 plus yards on the season already. So, um, you know, losing him is a, is a big deal. So I, that's, that's really the big injury loss. Um, in addition to a couple of guys in the secondary, I mean, it's, it's, it's such a young inexperienced secondary. Uh, and then on top of that, some guys are hurt too. So, um, yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh, and you know, Edsel's year one and, <clears throat> and we'll see how this turns out. And, and you know, the, apparently you say there's been enough tick in recruiting and there's a little more buzz around the program and that's going to be good in the long term. but we've all been through that year zero before USF fans, I think understand that more than anyone when we were, you know, two and 10 and, and, you know, four and eight and things like that. So uh, we've been there. We understand uh, you do come out better the other side and hopefully uh, UConn will as well soon. So Thanks. otherwise buddy, um, What's your? Uh, give us your quick basketball predictions, and let uh, you get out of here.
1: Basketball. So for the so conference,
0: you could. So yeah, did you go to media day?
1: I did go to media day. Do you want to talk about media day for a little bit? Actually, yeah, sure, absolutely. Oh Let's my god, this. it was the saddest media day I've ever, ever, ever. No. Yeah, oh, man. No. Not not in terms of the people. I mean, that that was all normal and fine, but it was in the Philadelphia Airport Marriott. Second year in a row. And it it was in a hallway. It just there weren't even kind of like breakout rooms or anything like that. Like, you know, you know, uh, at at football media day, you know, they bring you into a ballroom type thing. There's tables for every team. You know, you kind of know where to go if you're like, all right, I need to talk to to Tulane. There's the Tulane table and the coach and the players. Let me go talk to them. This was entirely in a hallway. Just, just you, you know, grab a guy, see a guy, ask to talk to him, kind of thing in the hallways. Um, oh, no. And it was just so sad. It was in, uh, it was in an airport. Mary you know, you know Philly really well. Cool city, a lot of different, you know, places to to do things. You can, you know to have it in the airport Marriott was, was the saddest thing I've really ever seen.
0: So I didn't go last year either. Um, even though we were actually in Philly for the temple game, like that same weekend. And I couldn't work out the schedule so that I could stay cause it was like on the Monday after. Um, yeah, yeah. So, I, but literally like my cousin lives, like you walk out the Philly that Marriott and you go like straight across the parts of the airport. You can't walk past and that's his house. And so like, I'm, you know, I, I know the area and like, it' i i thought it was a weird place to put it in the first place especially when you've got like on a monday in philadelphia like you know there's tons of hotel space available it's not like there's you know so much going on and to do it in the airport i guess it's just for convenience and for ease to get everybody in and out um yeah yeah you at the did you go to the one in orlando two years ago when it was
1: basketball media day no no
0: okay Cause like they did it on the floor of the Amway Center in Orlando and it was like really nice and they had a stage set up the whole thing okay, and like yeah. that the one-on-ones were actually on the parquet court in yeah, in Orlando sweet. You know,
1: so, so, like, so I went three years ago and it was mm-hmm. in New York City at the New York Athletic Club, uh, we're having, having lunch overlooking Central Park on on full glass wall windows. And and so, you know, things have gone down, down a little bit for the for the basketball media day. Just saying New York City.
0: Yeah, it's got to be gotta be new york or like i mean they do such a good you know maybe i guess with the falling conference revenues maybe they they're not going to let that football event fall off because that's like what their signature event is at this point and you know you and i went last year and obviously that's like fantastic that's a good um, time that's 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 that's, that's as good as it gets so
1: mm-hmm.
0: uh, um but yeah so you were there um who'd you vote for <laughs> who do you who do you like in the uh on the men's side, and who obviously you're, we're all picking UConn to just yeah. run away with the women. I think th- I think USF will be that second team again. They were third last year for the first time in a while, but I think they'll get back to second this year. Like, they look really good and really confident. Um, so yeah. I like USF to be second. But uh, what about on the men's side?
1: Yeah. So I, would, I I have to say I was surprised to see Cincinnati get first. Um, in the preseason poll, but what you know, whatever. I see. I see Wichita State, and I'm talking. I'm talking regular season here, right? Regular season winner, sure. Champion, yeah. Whatever. So give me. Uh, I'll take Wichita State uh, first. Okay. And, and then I'll go with Cincinnati, um, SMU, mm-hmm. UCF, or sorry. Wow. SM- no, I'm, I, ch- I changed my mind. UConn. Okay. Uh, UCF just lost a guy uh, for, the, for the season, I think.
0: Oh geez, uh, for, I have even looked. Yeah. I, I'm so deep in uh, football. I haven't looked at a men's basketball or anything.
1: So, um, so yeah, I'll pu- I'll put UConn third behind okay. behind or sorry, yeah, Portland SMU behind SMU, and then I'll go UCF, Houston, Temple
0: sounds like a four bid league
1: oh uh, yeah could be i think i think they could they got five in once right in 2015 i want to say
0: yeah i think i, I think they did but like a four like to a,
1: five it was a bunch of seven you know six through nine seeds or whatever but um yeah, you know, I think I think the conference is in in good shape. Wichita State, you add two two big games to the conference schedule. That's that's good for everyone's RPI, and uh, you know, some some people get to play them twice, and most I think most of the league gets to play them twice. And um, uh, you know, we'll be playing them on CBS. We'll we might get game day out of it. So um, you know, that that ad is. Is paying off so, and then you know, speaking of of your basketball roster, um, you got a guy who started his college career at UConn on your basketball roster. What? And uh, yeah, yeah, we haven't discussed this. Um, no. <laughs> so, so Terrence Samuel, he's a transfer. Yeah. for right? the name? <laughs> SF. So he transferred to UConn. He's a he's a he. He started his college career at UConn. He was on the 2014 national championship team. Oh. He, actually played, he actually played pretty big minutes in the win over Villanova in the second round uh, okay. when Shabazz Napier got into early foul trouble. Um, so, yeah, t- uh, Terrence Samuel was was a guy on the uh, – he was a freshman on the 2014 national championship team, so he's got a rang. Uh, he uh, – took a little bit of a step back as a sophomore at UConn. Couldn't really kind of fill, fill the void. Um, and so then he transferred to Penn state um, where oh, he's,
0: he's one of the Penn state kids. Cause I got a couple of those.
1: Okay. Okay. So yeah, he didn't, he didn't really break through into the rotation there either. Um, and then he graduated and now he's at USF, but um, he was a bit of a UConn fan favorite as a freshman. He has, plays good defense. He has good court vision, but um he just had he had no shot like like he couldn't shoot at all. Um, he'll fit right in then. <laughs> <laughs> and so so he was eventually, you know, recruited over and all that stuff, but um yeah, he's yeah, that's a that's a guy that you have on your basketball team who's got a championship ring, which uh, not a lot of people can say. So
0: I was just going to say that might be the first guy in USF history to ever wear a championship ring and, and get on the I, I, I can't imagine that there's somebody that I can't think of that would have transferred at any point. So that's going to be a first good tri- good trivia. These th- things, things that I would have figured out eventually, but now I feel like I'm ahead of the curve. Um, all right, Iman, Well, we appreciate the time, brother. Thank you so much for doing this. And, um, Please. we, we, uh, yeah, I think USF gets this done on Saturday. Um, and I think that will make seven in a row. Is that correct against UConn? Right? Uh, yeah, six, I
1: think seven. I think it seven might be seven, six in a row, but yeah, six
0: somewhere in there. Um, yeah. And but you know, conversely, we haven't beaten you in women's basketball. And I think the first time we played was in two thousand and one. I want to say in like a non-conference game. I was there, so like a one or a two, and we've probably played you two to three times a year every year since two thousand and five. <laughs> and so yeah that, i think those streaks will continue unabated this season on both sides so
1: until they don't which, uh, until and then, and then then things will get interesting but yeah yeah, yeah and the
0: only way that's going to happen is if if it's not head coach junior Gene, junior Gene or head coach chris daly because then you know then who knows what happens after that but as long as those two are still there and I don't like our chances. So, yep. all right, buddy. Thanks for the time. Appreciate
1: it. Absolutely. Have a good one. Thanks.
0: Bye. you, bud.